0: Welcome to Vineyard Hopkinton. As we follow Jesus together, we experience the Holy Spirit, create a multicultural community, and pursue Kingdom of God justice. So my name is Phil. I'm the as a senior pastor of the North Jersey Vineyard Church. It's my wife Norma who's, who's here with me. Uh, and uh, I planted the North Jersey Vineyard Church ba- uh, back in 1997, so, which is weird. This is our, our 25th year as a church. And so that's crazy, because it really, like, life goes by really fast, you know? And so you guys, the Hopkinton Vineyard, you guys started one year after we started, right? So you guys started in, in 1998, and so I've known, I've known Robin Liz for a long time. I remember, uh, you know, John, uh, John Reichardt as well. He's in my neck of the woods now. He's down in Long Island, for those of you who, who remember who remember him. I uh, enjoy getting to know uh, Stephen and Sarah. and. Uh, you know, just excited, everything that God's doing with you guys, it's great, great to be here, great to be, great to, to be with you guys. Um, and so I want to talk tonight, or this morning, uh, about something that I love talking about. That's what's nice, when you get to, when you're a guest speaker, you get to kind of pick what was, what, what sermon was kind of the funnest that I gave in the, in the last couple of months, and, uh, and kind of tweak it a little bit, and, 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 uh, and come with it. And so this is, a, this is a sermon that I preached in my church about three weeks ago, I think, I think it is. And it's about purpose. It's about living with purpose, which is one of my favorite things to talk about. I think it's really important that we, that we, that we think about our, the purpose of our life and the vision that we have for our life, that it really it makes a huge difference. And, um, and so I actually, I talk about it so much. Like a phrase that I, that I have that I say a lot is... That we're made on purpose for a purpose, and I say that so much that oh, my microphone is moving on me here. Hold on, so I say that so much that people have actually given me T-shirts like that says like on made on purpose for a purpose. Um, but I think it's really I think it's important, and I think it really kind of makes a difference in people's lives when they when they think about. The purpose and vision that they have for their life, I heard about this dog track down in Florida. It was one of those dog racing tracks where they have like the rabbit that 's on, on the rail, and so the dogs chase the rabbit It' was kind of kind of mean right but it 's a thing. And so this one time, the, the rabbit, like, blew up. Like, it was, a, it was a mechanical rabbit. It wasn't a real rabbit. But it kind of it imploded. And so the dogs freaked out. Like, one dog, they didn't, have, they didn't have the rabbit to chase anymore. So one dog just, like, took off in the wrong direction and ran through a fence and hurt itself. Another dog just started, like, howling and barking at everyone. Uh, a bunch of dogs just kind of gave up, just kind of lay down because they didn't have the target. They weren't running after anything, so they didn't know what to do. And I thought, that's a real kind of, I think that's a picture of our life. Right. If we don't have a purpose, we don't have a vision. We can like run off in the wrong direction and hurt ourselves. We can like bark and howl at people. We can just kind of lay down and give up. You know, that's like that's what we do. We need to have a purpose. We need to have a vision in our life. And I have, I have a lot of great gifts in my life. A lot of things that I'm really appreciative of. I have an incredible wife. We've been married for 30 years. Hard to believe, but you know the time flies. Uh, I've got four great kids. I really, I, you know, I, I love my church. Like, I, if I didn't work at my church, I would still go to my church, you know? And I don't know if all pastors could say that, but I, I could definitely say that I love, I love my church. Uh, but one thing that I'm really thankful for is that I have a sense of purpose and vision in my life that really, that makes a difference in my life. It really, it affects, like, it helps me get out of bed every morning. And, and I've had it, like, my entire adult life, it's something that Jesus gave me. Like when I really centered my life on Jesus, he gave me this vision, he gave me this purpose. And my story, my, my testimony is, is, as I've gotten older, is that my sense of purpose, my sense of vision has just increased. It's just gotten stronger. There's been more clarity. And, and it's just made a huge difference in my life. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen is a kind of a well-known verse. It says, this is the King James Version. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And so the, the, the Hebrew word for vision is the word kazan, and it means a dream, a revelation, or a vision. Uh, the NIV, it says, where there's no revelation, the people cast off restraint. It, it kind of sounds different, but it's saying the same thing. But what it's saying is that, is that we need to have this vision. We need to have a sense of purpose. If we're going to live our life intentionally, we really need it. And too many people, I think, these days don't have a compelling vision for their life. Like, so, so do you have a strong, compelling vision for your life? Like, beyond generic, okay, I'm going to, you know, like, all right, I'm a, maybe you're a Christian, you're a follower of Jesus, and so you have, like, generic Christian purpose. But has Jesus really kind of shown you, no, no, no here's the purpose I have for you. Here's the plan I have for you. Here are the gifts and abilities I've given you. Here's, here's the road. Here's the, you know, like it says in, it says in the Bible, it says that God has, has all the days ordained for me were written in your book. Before one of them came to be, has Jesus been revealing His vision and His purpose for your life in that way? Because we need it. You know, we need something that that's more than just I'm going to get through another day, or I'm going to show up at work, or I'm going to look forward to the weekend. And so much of what we do in my church is I've kind of like oriented a lot of things around helping people discover their purpose. We have a, a saying, like a you know, our, our kind of vision statement is that we we exist to help people know God, uh, find freedom in their life discover their purpose, and then together we can make a difference in the world. And one of the things that I've, that I've seen, especially lately, is that that kind of a message really resonates with unchurched people. Because so many people are not living, they're living without purpose, they're living without vision, that they'll kind of, they'll, they'll hear that, you know, that we, you know, can know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, make a difference. And they'll, they'll say things to me like, kind of like, if I come here, will that really happen? Like, can you really help me, like, find my purpose and make a difference? Like, that really resonates with people. And what I'll say to them is, yeah. You know, because what we can do here is we can help connect you with Jesus. And if you're connected with Jesus, Jesus is going to give you purpose. Jesus is going to give you vision for your life, and it's going to make a difference. And there's, there's such a need for it today. There's a number of reasons, I think, that we're in this almost, like, you know we're starving for vision and purpose but one of the reasons that people are are living feel like they're living purposeless lives is because of materialism and when i'm when i'm talking about i just want to take a moment talk about materialism not stuff i'm not talking about buying stuff not that kind of materialism i'm talking about philosophical materialism Right, this belief that it's actually—I would say—in our culture, it's the fastest-growing belief in our culture. It's the belief that that all there is to the world is the material universe. That that there's so many people. Like what's really growing is that a lot of people think that believing in God, believing in a spiritual realm, that that's just kind of passe. You know, like if you're, if you're an educated, urbane, you know, modern person, that, that's kind of from a, a more primitive time. That's something that's not really necessary today. That's, that's, really, that's really growing. And there's a lot of people who are, who are taking on that philosophy, saying this is like what I believe about life. And people who maybe aren't, you know, directly saying they believe that, but they're being influenced by it. And so what I, what I think it does, what I believe that philosophy does, and it, the effect that it's having, is that it always leads to nihilism. It leads to a hopelessness. Because if you think it kind of all the way through, there isn't a sense, if that's what you believe, there isn't a sense of purpose. There isn't a sense of hope. There isn't a sense of destiny. William Lane Craig, who's a, who's a philosopher, who's a Christian apologist, he said this. He said, without God, the universe is the result of a cosmic accident. A chance explosion. There is no reason for which it exists. As for man, he's a freak of nature, a blind product of matter plus time plus chance. If God does not exist, then you are just a miscarriage of nature thrust into a purposeless universe to live a purposeless life. So if God does not exist, that means that man and the universe exist to no purpose since the end of everything is death and that that they came to be for no purpose since they are only blind products of chance. In short. Life is utterly without reason. And see, I think there's so many people, there, that's the story that they're living. And so when you realize that, man, you know what, it's just the fact that I exist is just random luck. I mean, it's just random luck that the earth is far, you know, it's not, it's not too close to the sun, it's not too far from the sun, so we're just kind of lucky that the, that the world can support life. And I'm just, I'm really lucky that my parents met. You know, when you think about all the billions of people on the planet, like, it's amazing that my parents met, and then that their parents met, and that their parents met, and that, you know, kind of go all the way back. And then you stop and you realize that, like, well, wait a minute. When, when my brain shuts down, right, the last thought that I have, that's going to be, that's going to be it. I mean, I, I no longer will exist. There's no ghost in the machine. There's no spirit. There's, there's just, that's it. When my brain stops, I stop. And then if you stop and you realize and you think, well, wait a minute. what? What, what purpose is there in the things that I do? And you think, OK, well, I'm going to do things to try to be remembered by people. And then you realize, I don't know the name of my great-grandmother. You know what I mean? So you think, like, who's, who's going to remember? But then you realize that, like, eventually, what's going to happen in the universe is that, like, like there's going to be black holes. And, like, the universe is going to die. And everything's going to implode. And there's just going to be this, this, like, you know, vast nothingness. That's kind of the future that's awaiting. And so I, I just think that the, one of the reasons that we're seeing more anxiety and that we're seeing more hopelessness and we're seeing more depression is because this is the story that more and more people are living out. And if that's the story that I was living out, which basically just says, hey, listen, we live in this really hard world and there's difficult things and there's twists and turns and there's really there's nobody looking out for you and there's no promise for tomorrow and, and there's, no, you know, there's no hope that things are going to live on and going to continue. So just do the best that you can. Try to craft out your own purpose, follow your bliss, kind of figure it out. And is it any wonder as we're turning more and more to this philosophy of materialism that we're experiencing this kind of cultural nihilism? Because, you see, we live in a way better story. The story that we inhabit, the story that we live, is that we're made on purpose for a purpose, right? Is that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, right? You know that full well, the psalmist says, God designed you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. All the days ordained for you were written in his book before one of them came to be. And Jesus, he, he calls you. By name, right? Before the, before the foundations of the world, he died for you. He adopted you into his family. He is in the process of renewing all things, of making everything new, and he invites you to play a role, to play a part in the renewal of all things. The reason you live in snowy Massachusetts in 2022 is because Jesus is renewing snowy Massachusetts, and you have a role, you have a, you have a part to play in what Jesus is doing. And what Jesus says, as we join God in his work, and as we discover our purpose and live out vision, this is something that this new universe that Jesus is creating is going to go on for all of eternity. And he says that the righteous are going to shine like stars in the sun, for, like, like stars in the universe forever and ever. See, that's your destiny. That's your purpose. That's a way better story. And so I just want to encourage you that I think one of the ways that we can have a witness, that we can make a difference in this world, especially when there's so much nihilism and there's so much hopelessness, is that we can really get in touch with our purpose. We can really, like, let's make sure we know who we are, we know what we're about, and let's be dialed into it, because it makes all the difference. And so let me, give you, let me give you a couple things. I just got way ahead. Of, this is what happens when you preach a message like many, many times. You, I just got so far ahead of my, my notes here. But, uh, but let me give you a couple things real quick. Benefits of living with vision. And then I'm going to give you a verse that I think is something that can help us kind of discover and walk in our vision. So benefits of living with vision. Number one, living with vision, living with purpose. It'll give you focus. It'll give you focus. See, there's, there's so many choices that we have in life. You know, and you, you hear about like I've got I've got, you know, my kids are ages 21 to 28. And so I have 21-year-old twins. And and Norman and I have just noticed with the 21-year-olds with the Gen Zers, it's like it's really hard for them sometimes to make decisions. And one of the reasons it's so hard is there's so many options. Like with the internet, it's like so many options. I could eat at 100 restaurants. How do I choose one? I could go to a 1000 colleges. How do I choose one? You know, I, there's so many, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, so I think one of the reasons it's so important for us to know our purpose is so that we can, we can like, have, have the right focus, right? We can know what to say yes to and know what to say no to because there's a lot of people who have a vision for your life, right? If you don't learn, like, how to say no to things, like, your parents, you know, they have a vision for your life and, and you're supposed to honor your parents and love your parents, but their vision may not be God's vision for your life, right? McDonald's has a vision for your body, or I should say Dunkin' Donuts with all their breakfast sandwiches and stuff. They have a, they have a vision for your body, right? Hollywood has a vision for your family. Uh, Madison Avenue has a vision for your bank account. Uh, Netflix has a vision for your time. You know how I know Netflix has a vision for your time? When you watch a Netflix show what it does right it goes immediately there's a countdown before the next one starts and it's like three two one and it's like alright I'm already on the couch I might as well watch another episode of Ozarks I mean and, you know, and so Netflix vision is just that you spend time on your couch consuming their product right and so we need to we need to be in touch with with God's purpose for our life so we can live our life with focus so we can live our life with vision. we can know what to say yes to what to say no to we need to be in touch with God's purpose for our life because it will bring endurance living with purpose living with with like being dialed into it will bring endurance to your life some of you need that some of you are really tired right you're just you're tired you just you wake up in the morning and you're tired you go in the middle of the day and you're just wiped out you're just tired you, you know got time to go to bed and you're just you're so tired and you're tired and then you go to bed but then you can't sleep you ever have that? It's just like, how does, that doesn't make any sense. I've been tired all day, and now I can't sleep. So you wake up more tired. Well, maybe one of the reasons that you're so tired is that you're living life apart from your purpose. You're, not, you're living disconnected from the purpose and vision that God has for you. Now, I've, I've run the New York City Marathon a couple of times. i ever never seen the meme. There's a meme that says, oh, no, how will I know if my friends have run a marathon? And it says, don't worry, they'll tell you. So I'm proving the, you know, the truth of that meme right now because I could have picked a million different you know, examples, but I picked that one. But, uh, but anyway, so, so the New York City Marathon, right, 26 miles, you start in the Verrazano Bridge, you run through all the different five boroughs in Manhattan. And so, when you're, when you're getting started, I remember the first time I ran the New York City Marathon, I'm so excited, I'm like, this is great. And then, you know, it was painful, it was awful. And then when I did my second one, I remember being on the starting line, and rather than being excited, I'm just like, oh, pain's coming. Oh, this is going to... What am I... Why why am I doing this? This is going to hurt. But you see, when you're running a marathon... You can't think, you need a goal, you can't think about the finish line because it's too far away. 26 miles is too far away. So you have to think about, okay, I'm going to run this, this section and I'm going to try to keep this pace and then we're going to get here and then I'm going to get here and I'm going to do that. And, uh, and then, you know, when you get towards the end, you can start thinking about the end of the race, you can think about the finish line, but you can't keep going, you can't endure without that. And so the thing about New York, New York City, is you cross at the 16 mile mark, you come into Manhattan and you're on, you're on uh, First Avenue. And that's where the most crowds are. It's like people, it's like 20 people deep and you can't even like move on the sidewalks. And, and then you hear everybody's cheering and it's so exciting. It's like you're in a stadium. And people will say to you at the 16 mile mark, they'll be like, you're almost there. And it's like, no, I'm not. I'm not, I have 10 more miles to go. I have at least another hour and a half. And, and this is going to be the most painful part of the race. I am not almost there. You're lying to me. That's not helpful. And, uh, but once you get to Central Park, then you can start thinking about the finish line because then you have about a mile to go and then you can start thinking about it. But you see, when you're tired, when you're hurting, That's when the finish line is so important. That's when the endurance, that's when the purpose really matters, right? You need to be focused. When you are living with a sense of purpose, with a sense of vision, it's gonna give you endurance. When you're going through the hard things, when you're tired, when you're discouraged, when you're in pain, when you're aware, when you just kind of, when you're living your life kind of the way, if you remember Nehemiah from the Old Testament, and he had all these distractions and all these things and life was hard, but he would say, I am doing a great work, I cannot come down. And you can have that in your life. The more connected you are to your purpose, say, what I'm doing matters. And I'm tired, and life is hard, and there's challenges, but Jesus is with me. I'm going to keep going because I have a purpose. I have a vision. And the third thing is this. If you live with a sense of purpose, it's going to give you fulfillment. Now, when I was younger, I used to think that I knew everything about everything. You know, I kind of, I kind of, I was one of, I was annoying. I kind of felt like I knew everything and I'll, you know, I'll I'll share with you my wisdom and my knowledge. But as I got older, as I've gotten older and hopefully a little bit wiser, I've realized that, you know, there's less that I'm absolutely sure that I really know. You know, as I've gotten older, there's, there are less things that I'm really sure of. But the few things that I am really sure of, I'm more sure of than I've ever been before. Like, 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 like foundationally sure. And one of the things that I am sure of, that I will like go to the mat for, that I will stake my life on, is that nothing in this world will bring fulfillment like Jesus brings fulfillment. Like nothing in this world will fulfill you. Like living a life connected to Jesus and living a life connected to his purposes. Because you know what, listen, I know people who have more money than they could spend in multiple lifetimes. And they don't have that kind of fulfillment. Right? We look at people who maybe think fame is going to bring fulfillment. But you look at Hollywood, right? and you look at people who are, and it seems that actually like that kind of fame is like the inverse, brings you the inverse of fulfillment. You look at position and power, you realize like it doesn't bring fulfillment. And so like in my preaching, I had a lot of unchurched people who come to my church, and I'll, I'll be talking about something like this, and I'll sometimes say, like, listen, like, you know, if, if you're not buying what we're talking about here, if you think, no, no, I'm going to find fulfillment out there. And, I'm, you know, my parents are just dragging me to church or my girlfriend's dragging me to church or whatever. But I'm, it's, this isn't where it's at. I'm going to find it out there. I'm so confident that Jesus is the only one who brings fulfillment. That I'll be like, all right, you know, good luck with that. Go, just go ahead, you know, see, see, what, see how that works out for you. But, but when you go down those roads and you realize that you're not fulfilled, don't forget about us. We'll leave the light on for you. Because I know that Jesus is the only one who brings that kind of fulfillment. And I, I, was so, I was reminded of this in such a strong way about a month ago. There was this guy who came to see me. His name's Eddie Garcia. And Eddie was a part of my church plant 25 years ago when we were just getting started. He and his wife, Sherry, they were like on the welcome team, they were on the prayer ministry team. They led a small group or they hosted a small group that eventually was, became the foundational small group for a church that we planted about 20, 25 minutes away from my church many years ago. And so they've been leading in that church. And so I would see Eddie from time to time, he'd come to like a conference or come to some event that we were doing, but I hadn't seen him since before the pandemic. And I'd heard that he had cancer, that he had, he had stage four cancer, inoperable stage four pancreatic cancer. And so his pastor said, hey, can I bring Eddie by your office? We just want to see you, and, and can, can you pray for him? So I said, of course, you know, let's, let's do that. And so Eddie showed up, and it was you know how it is sometimes when you see someone who's being really ravaged by cancer, and then you're, it's kind of shocking, because he'd lost 50 pounds, looked really gaunt. Kind of, you know, had 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 like was undergoing chemo, so had the constant kind of drip, you know, kind of was carrying that around with him, and uh, and so it took me a moment because it was shocking to see Eddie, and I was like, whoa, he looks totally different than I remember, and then we sat down and he started talking, and Eddie, like Eddie knows, like he's like cancer's like killing him, and he knows that if God doesn't step in and do an incredible miracle, he will not be alive a year from now, like that's that's the prognosis. But he started telling, like his, his smile was just huge and his eyes were lit up. And he started telling me story after story after story of all of these people that he ministered to in Sloan Kettering. He would be like, Phil, and then, you know what? There was this woman and she was there, and God gave me this word for her and I went up and I prayed for her and then she began to cry and then her, and then her husband came and was like, what, you know, what, you just, you helped my wife so much. Thank you. Could you pray for me? So I prayed. So he's telling me all these stories and then he's telling me then, you know, this coworker called me to bring food over but then I ended up praying for him and then I got to give my testimony in church and just all these stories. Like, he was so excited about the way that God was using him. And, he was, and, and it was just for two hours. He just went on telling me all these stories. And then finally, I was like, Eddie, can we pray for you? Like, we'd like, and he's like, well, let me tell you one more thing. And I said to him at the end of it, I said, you know, and he's like, thank you. I'm sorry I took up all your time. And I said, Eddie, this was like the most encouraging afternoon I've had in years. Because listen, here, I mean, and I said this to him. I said, I said, you could take the wealthiest person on the planet, Jeff Bezos. I don't know who it changes, but take Jeff Bezos. And if he was in your situation, like dying of cancer, His money would not buy him the hope and fulfillment that you have. If you had someone who's the most powerful person, most famous person, most accomplished person, their fame, power, accomplishment would not buy what Jesus has given you in this circumstance because you know that God has a purpose for you. And you know that there's meaning. You know that what you're doing matters. And so you can say, okay, bring it on. Whatever it comes, I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to do it with joy. See, that's what purpose, getting connected to the purpose and vision that God has for you is like the, you know, it, it'll make you a rich man. It'll make you a rich woman. It'll make all the difference in the world. So let me just do one last thing here really quick. Um, I'm going to read this passage. It's from, it's from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 to 18. And um, and the re- I want to read this because, okay, so, so how do we come into the plan, purpose, vision that God has for us, right? So I hope. Well, I did this message a few weeks ago. It was a January kind of New Year, New You message for my church. And so I said, all right, so I want you to make that commitment that in 2022 that you're going to discover and live out your, person, your purpose with greater intentionality than you ever have before. And so how do we do that? And so let me just give you something. I'm not going to spend a ton of time with this, but real quick, that I think can be helpful. Let me read this. Ephesians chapter five. Ephesians is a great book because it deals with like a lot of big picture stuff, like what our identity is in Jesus and, and uh, our, uh, who, we, who we are in him and the challenges that we face and spiritual warfare, all this big picture stuff. But Ephesians chapter five, verse eight, it says this. It says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light for the fruit of light consists in all the all goodness, righteousness, and truth and find out what pleases the Lord. So what what this is saying is, first of all, I think it's interesting, it doesn't say you were in darkness, it says you were darkness, but now it says now you're light. And so it says you need to get as much light in your life as you possibly can. And then spells out, Paul says what that is, well that's goodness, righteousness, and truth. Get as much of that as you possibly can into your life, as much of God's goodness, as much of his truth, as much of his light, and then you will find out what pleases the Lord. So I'm talking about living with purpose and vision. That's what I'm talking about is finding out what pleases the Lord. What does God have for you? And so it's about being intentional to get as much light in your life as you possibly can. The more light you have in your life, goodness, righteousness, truth, the more you're going to know what pleases the Lord. So then he goes on and he says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. So it's saying we have a choice, right? We can either get as much light in our life as we can, or we can let darkness into our life. And so darkness, talking about, you know, dark attitude, like the opposite of righteousness, truth, love, you know, the, when we let that into our life, right, when we let sin into our life, Right? What it does, we don't think about this. We think about sin and we think like, okay, you know, it hurts, it messes me up. It hurts God. It hurts other people. And that's all true. But Paul is, is, seems to be suggesting there's something else about sin and darkness that it that, that happens when we when we give into that is that what it does is it obscures God's purpose. It obscures God's plan for your life. It makes it harder for you to live with vision. Right? So when you allow darkness in your life, it's harder for you to know what the Lord's will is. So those clouds and that darkness that we allowed in our life, hiding behind that cloud is God's purpose and God's vision for your life. And so he goes on. He says, this is why it is said wake up sleeper rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you be very careful then how you live not as unwise but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are, e- are evil right? there's a lot of darkness out there there's a lot of darkness that can come into your, into your life you gotta be intentional you gotta be wise let the light in don't let the darkness in do not be foolish but understand what the Lord's will is so it comes back to that let light in because that's going to help us understand what God's will is for our life, right? And, and so here are three questions that I want you to ask. I want you to ask yourself, talking about purpose, talking about vision, talking about light. The first one is this, what am I doing that I shouldn't be doing? What are you doing in your life that you shouldn't be doing? And I want you to think about it like this, right? Not like what's bad. Or what, I want to think about what are you doing in your life that's keeping God's light out? Right? What are you doing that's creating like a cloud in your life that God's purpose, God's vision is, is kind of obscured by that darkness? And, and so to encourage you to get to make the decision, say, I'm not going to do this anymore because I want as much of God's light in my life as I, could, as I possibly have. Romans 12:2 says, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing and perfect will so get the darkness out what do you need to stop so that you can discover so you can walk in god's good pleasing and perfect will so let me just get real for a moment that maybe some of you what you need to say right now is you know what this is going to be the year by god's grace this is going to be the time that i'm going to be done with internet pornography because I don't, want the, I don't want the darkness that that brings into my life anymore. I don't want the cloud that it brings into my life. It's keeping me from knowing God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. I don't want it in my life anymore. Or I don't want the cloud of anger in my life anymore. Right? You get angry, you lose your temper. It brings darkness into your life. It brings darkness into your family's life. It brings darkness into your children's life. And so this is the time to say, I don't want that in my life anymore. Maybe you've got some relationships you know, maybe you're dating someone and you just kind of know, I'm not saying this is a bad person, but you know that this person isn't leading you closer to Jesus. You know that this person is bringing some darkness into your life because you end up doing things with this person that you don't want to do. And you're just kind of like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Or maybe there's a group of people. Maybe you're one way with like your church pals, but then on Friday night, you're a totally different way with a bunch of other people, but they kind of bring in darkness into your life. And you know that it's dark because you wake up on Saturday morning and you're like, oh, man, what was I doing? I, don't want, I wish I didn't do that. And, you're, you know, I drank too much and this, that, and the other thing. You know, maybe there's, maybe there's an addiction. Maybe there's an addiction in your life. Maybe there's so, like, there's so many people who are addicted to opioids and it's a very secret thing. And people can cover that up for a while. Maybe you're drinking too much, right? With the whole pandemic, I mean, alcohol consumption went through the roof. Let me just say this, if you have more than one person in your life telling you that you're drinking too much, you're drinking too much. That's, that's kind of a good rule of thumb. If more than one person is telling you you're drinking too much, you're probably drinking too much. But you just say, you know what, I don't want the darkness anymore. I don't want the darkness in my life because I want to know God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. I want to come into the plan and purpose that he has for me. So Proverbs 4.25-27, to 27, let this be your... You know, battle cry for the year. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before me. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. Here's the second question. What am I not doing that I should be doing? Right? Remember that the passage in Ephesians, there were two sides to it. What do you need to, you know, the, where's the darkness coming into your life? But then what can you do to bring more light in? And so maybe, you know, just classic things. Like, are you, you know, maybe what you need to do is start spending some time with God every day, that you need to spend time reading his word, letting him speak to you, spend time praying, spend time talking with him. What are the things that you could, that you need to start doing that you're not currently doing? And you know what? Maybe for some of you, maybe what God would have you do, like a way that you can bring more light, discover God's will, discover his purpose, is to start serving, Right? Maybe, you know, you come to this church and there's all sorts of different ways to serve and, and we're in this kind of whole like post, you know, I don't know, post-mid pandemic thing, trying to rebuild, you know, get, get service teams going again. This would be a great time for many of you to say, I'm going to start serving in my church. I'm going to discover what my spiritual gifts are and I'm going to talk to Pastor Stephen and Pastor Sarah. And I'm going to find out like what, 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 how I can help, what I, what I can do. I don't want to just be like a consumer of religious goods and services anymore. I want to actually produce something. I want, to, I want to make a difference. I believe in what the church is doing, and I want to be a part of it. Maybe some of you, that's what you need to do. Maybe some of you, what you need to do is, is, uh, is you, need to start, you need to start tithing, right? You know, kind of put your money where your mouth is and just kind of say, all right, I'm going to start trusting God with my, with my finances and bring the full tithe in. Maybe you, you need to become part of a life group or whatever you call them, small groups, life groups, I don't know what you call them here. But you need to be in community, right? You need to, something you need to start doing. Like, don't just stare at the back of people's heads for an hour and 10 minutes every week, but sit in a circle and build some relationships. What is it that you're not doing that you need to start doing? It says this in uh, James 4, 17, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins. And so you don't need me to tell you. I you know, go through a whole list of all these things. Maybe you know. Maybe the Holy Spirit is telling you. You don't need a holy preacher to tell you what you need to start doing. The Holy Spirit's telling you. So what's he telling you to do? Maybe for some of you, you don't need to just start going to a life group. or What do you guys call it here? Small groups, life groups, small groups. You don't need to just start going to a small group. You need to lead a small group. Like Maybe for some of you, like what you need, what will really help you come into everything that God has for you is to have some spiritual responsibility on your shoulders. Seriously, to, to have it so that there's some people who are looking to you for spiritual comfort, spiritual direction, spiritual encouragement. It could make a huge difference in your life. It could, really, it could really make a difference. You know, I said to my church when I was preaching this message a few weeks ago, I said, listen, one of the things that's really helped me for 25 years kind of stay on the straight and narrow and try to have light and less darkness has been you guys. Because when people, you know, they come to my church, there's a, there's a real level of trust that's there, right? They're bringing their family and they're bringing their time. They expect me to lead the church. And so there's like an expectation, right? And it's going to work out better if, uh, you know, if I'm faithful to my wife. This whole, this whole church thing, pastor, it's going to work out better. It's going to work out better if I don't get funny with the money. Right? It's going to work out better if I'm not some like, angry tyrant who's like belittling, belittling and berating my staff all the time. It's going to work out better. And so I've got lots of reasons to stay faithful to my wife and to not be funny with the money and not be a jerk. But, but from time to time, the, knowing that like, thinking of my church and thinking of the responsibility, thinking of the trust, it helps. And maybe some of you, maybe that's something that you're missing. Maybe there, I wonder if there was a few of you where there was a time in your life where where you took on spiritual responsibility. But for whatever reason, maybe it was the pandemic. The pandemic made a lot of people be like, I'm out. I'm just, you know, I don't know. This is just too much. But okay, so but maybe it's time for you to take that mantle, to pick that mantle back up again. Not just because you should, because you ought to, because, you know, uh, woulda, shoulda, coulda, but because it's going to help you discover God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. You take that step, and you're going to pray differently. You're going to worship differently. You're going to live with a little bit of a different sense of expectation it might even help you fight less with your spouse but seriously i mean there have been times like you know like like my wife and i like we can we can fight right like we're both very verbal and we're both very opinionated and we've learned through the years how to you know how to deal with that but there have been times where it's like we start you know saturday we're starting to get into it you know how a fight happens you kind of start in first gear and then you get into second gear and it kind of builds right so we're like getting into second gear, and i'll be like i gotta preach three times tomorrow I can't do this. I can't have this fight and then go, it's not going to work. So all of a sudden I, I become reasonable. You know, I become reasonable and I ask you to forgive me and we kind of move on. You might be like, hey, listen, honey, we can't, we can't get into this fight right now because a car just pulled up. Like they're coming for small group right now. We're going to have to figure this out. You know, it's going to, it's going to make a difference in your life. It's a, it's a good thing. Some of you, that might be what you're missing. And so the third thing is this, why not do it today? Why not do it today? So just basically what I'm saying is, listen, God has a purpose and a vision for your life. Discovering and walking in that purpose and that vision, man, I'm telling you, it's going to change your life more than anything. There's nothing you can do that'll make a bigger difference than getting connected to your purpose and your vision. There's nothing that that you can do. It's going to help you live with focus. It's going to give you endurance. It's going to give you fulfillment. It's going to make all the difference. And if you know that there are some changes that you need to make, maybe the Holy Spirit really spoke to you that there's something that I'm doing that I need to stop doing. There's something that I'm not doing that I need to start doing. Why not do it today? Right, 2 Corinthians 6.2 says, Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. So today is the day that I'm going to get rid of the junk. Today is the day that I'm going to take a step into the things that I think God has for me so I can come into the plans, purpose, and vision that He has for my life. Because listen, I'm telling you, God has never loved you more than he loves you right now. God has never had more grace and mercy for you than he does right now. God has never been more excited and committed to the future that he has for you with him than he is right now. And so I want to encourage you that in 2022, we're still close enough to the beginning of it, that you say, I'm going to live differently this year. I'm going to live on purpose. I'm going to discover my purpose. I'm going to come into everything that God has for me. I want more light and less darkness so that I can find his will and his vision and his purpose for my life. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, I just, I just pray, God, for, for everyone who's hearing this. Lord, you know their stories. You know where they're at. You know what's going on with them. Lord, I just pray that you'd speak to them. God, I pray that you would just remind them maybe some things that they already know, things that they've experienced before, but it's just gotten hazy. It's just kind of been forgotten. I just, I just see this picture of, of something on a shelf. And I see this picture of someone just, just kind of taking it off the shelf and it's dusty and it you know, hasn't been used, but, but saying, I'm, I'm going to take this off the shelf. And maybe it has something to do with your purpose, your vision, something that you know God called you to and you were doing it, but you've drifted away from it. And now today is the day to take it off the shelf and say, Jesus, I want everything that you have for me. And so, Lord, I just pray, God, as we go into worship right now, God, I pray that you would speak to us. I pray, Lord, that you would would shine your light to show us, God, what we can do to bring more light and what we can stop doing to to have less darkness so that we can live and walk in the good, pleasing, and perfect will of our Father. So come, Holy Spirit, meet us in this time of worship. We ask in Jesus' name, Amen. amen.